You're listening to Fatima Today, the official podcast of the World Apostolate of Fatima USA, a public association of the faithful dedicated to spreading the authentic message of Fatima. Now, here's your host. Hello and welcome to Fatima Today. I'm your host, David Carollo. This show is produced by the World Apostolate of Fatima USA, Our Lady's Blue Army and brings topics to you, our viewers, related to the events in the world today. We live in tumultuous times when logic seems to have disappeared and uncertainty hangs over us. Our hope on these programs is to address the issues of the day and find solutions through adherence to the laws of God, especially through the message of Fatima. In 1917, when Our Lady appeared and brought the message of warning and hope, she spoke of the errors of Russia and the need for reparation reparation for sin, to avoid many terrible things. She called for the consecration of that country in 1929 to avoid many issues. In 1984, 55 years after the request, St. Pope John Paul II performed the consecration. Many doubt the validity of this act, but Sister Lucia, the last surviving seer of Fatima, said that it was accepted by heaven. The reality, however, is that in those 55 years, the errors spread. Yes, the communists are no longer officially in power, and the Soviet Union is dissolved, but many of the hostilities that existed for ages continue. Today, Russian troops are sitting along the Ukrainian border, and the peace of the region is in jeopardy. Here to speak about this is my guest, Father Lubomir Zhaibak a native of Ukraine and pastor of Holy Trinity Catholic Church in Youngstown, Ohio. Father, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Thank you. Good to be with you. Yes, yes. Father, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your background and all. Um, I originally come from Ukraine. I am 44, so I was born in 1978. At the time, of course, Ukraine was still part of the Soviet Union. So I grew up in Ukraine. I studied one year in the seminary in Ukraine, in the city of Ivano-Frankivsk, where I was born. Then I went to the United States for eight years. I studied five years at St. Basil College in Stanford, Connecticut, Ukrainian Catholic College Seminary. Then I studied three years at St. Joseph Seminary in Yonkers, New York, which is a Roman Catholic seminary, but we had about 14 Ukrainian Catholic guys, and it was a very beautiful experience. Then I spent two years in Rome, Italy, between 2004 and 2006, where I studied at the Angelicum, having obtained a uh, licentiate in dogmatic theology. Then I returned to Ukraine in 2006, got married. I'm a married priest. I got married there in 2006. And then about two years later, got ordained to the priesthood and uh, spent almost five years in Ukraine as a priest. And then uh, my family and I, came to the United States at the end of 2012, and I have been pastor of Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Yangstown since January 2013. And then also I assumed the responsibilities of the pastor of St. Anne Ukrainian Catholic Church in Austin Town in 2015. I'm also responsible for child protection in my di- in my aparchy. We call it aparchy, means, means diocese. Also responsible for youth ministry in our epoch. And our epoch stretches from Ohio um, to Florida. I'm involved with the Knights of Columbus 
on um, various levels. I'm a chaplain at local Catholic War Vets post. I'm also a biritual priest. I have biritual faculties, meaning I also have a special permission from the Vatican to minister in the Roman Catholic Church as well. So, uh, schedule is busy, but praise the Lord, I love my work and I guess I enjoy enjoy doing um, working in our Lord's Vineyard. That's my, that's me. That's I. I won't ask what you do in your spare time because you probably don't have much. (laughs) Right, right. I'm lucky to be still married, you know. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's full time in itself. Absolutely. You know, (laughs) well, that's wonderful, Father. I'm I'm glad. I I think people, uh, I I think there is a, maybe more lately, but there always seemed to be a lack of understanding of the uh, Eastern Rite, the Byzantine Rites, I think, uh, for, um, for many years growing up in a Roman Roman Catholic, as a Roman Catholic, and you know, as I am, um, I have a cousin who you know, who is of course a priest in the Byzantine Rite, also a former Roman Catholic who moved, uh, changed his rights, and he is also by ritual, and he's able to help us at times, and that's beautiful. Um, and and I, I think that, um, but there's such there's, there's great wealth in the in the Eastern Rite in in, in the East. I mean, there's a um, of course the Fatima message, you know, the Fatima message is to a great degree about Russia, about, you know, the, about the errors of Russia. And of course, nobody understands the errors of Russia, probably more than people who are in that, that sphere, um, you know, um, yourself in Ukraine. My wife is from Poland. So I, you know, I, I have a, an understanding. She was young. She was 10 when they came to the United States, but my, my in-laws have a lot of opinions. <laughs> they they oh, lived sure. through the difficulties of the communist sure. times there. And, sure. and I think that, um, you know, and I think that's I, kind of brings us to the subject of our show today. Uh, I wanted to say that last week, of course, we're talking, they say, was, what, was it 100,000 Russian troops are sitting on the Ukrainian border right now? Very ominous. There's no doubt about that. Uh, last Wednesday, uh, I'm, I am also a board member of the World Apostle of Fatima International. And we have Zoom prayer meetings, especially in these COVID times. We've really kicked that up. Uh, but we have a prayer meeting monthly. And last week on the 26th, to coincide with the Holy Father's request for prayers for Ukraine, uh, we had a meeting and we, we, we invited uh, our, our representatives from Ukraine to be honored. So two ladies, uh, Natalia and Oksana, who really run the apostolate there, and Father Vassal Bilash, who is the spiritual director for them there, all joined us on the uh, Zoom rosary, and it was, uh, they're nervous, <laughs> it was, uh, oh, to say so. the least, but so. it was a beautiful prayer meeting, and um, uh, so it, it was nice. But it just, I guess, you know, you're, maybe to give a little background on Russia and Ukraine, you know, I, I mean, the issues there go back many years, predates communism and all of that. Could you speak a little bit to that? Sure. Well, unfortunately, we have had a very tumultuous, very tense relationship with Russian people throughout history. And it seemed that, um, you know, Ukraine was always on the defensive. We, it looks like when you look at the history between our two countries in whatever shape and form, we were, it, 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 it seemed like always we're defending ourselves, not only against people, our neighbors from the, um, you know, from the North, but also from the West. East, um, the South, and it's it's of course unfortunate, uh, but it is what it is. It is the reality, and please do not get me wrong. We wish all of our neighbors well. Ukraine is a very peaceful nation. When you look at the Ukrainian flag, when you see these beautiful horizontal stripes, blue and yellow, blue representing the sky, 
yellow representing the golden wheat fields. We are peaceful nation. We are a peaceful nation. We love our land. We love our culture. We love our language. We love our faith above all. And so we do not wish any harm to anybody. This amassing of the Russian troops um, on the Ukraine-Russian border, um, it's, it's, it's some kind of statement that uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin in his surroundings, um, you know, trying to tell Ukraine. I, I know, I know because I heard him say this, I know that he is afraid, he is desperately afraid of Ukraine joining NATO. But here's the thing. Um, I don't think any country, Russia, Poland, whichever country, is in the position to tell Ukraine what to choose. Ukraine is a sovereign state, sovereign nation. We Ukrainians decide whether we want to choose being members of NATO or not. And so he has absolutely no right to tell us Ukrainians whether we should or should not join NATO. Also, there is this whole idea right now in Russia, I don't know if you heard about it, the whole idea of Ruski Mir, mean, meaning Russian world. What, they're, what Russia is trying to do, Russia is trying to establish this control, if you will, of, of Ukraine, of, of uh, Belarus, maybe some other states. And, but I think the, you know, are the two countries, Ukraine, Belarus, right? And to kind of, you know, to be the big brother, you know, because we are part of the Slavic inheritance, you know, in their view. And they're trying to impose this on Ukraine and Belarus. Unfortunately, of course, in Belarus, they're succeeding with this as, as you know, we're seeing this. But um, I don't think they will succeed in Ukraine because um, we don't want to be part of this Russian world. We have, again, our own culture, our own tradition, our own language, and we want to develop as such. And if we need an advice from Russians or Belarusians, we'll ask them. Until that happens, um, I, don't, I don't think that Russia or any other country has any right to dictate to Ukraine how we are to live our lives. Because I think it applies just you know, to any sovereign state. We, of course, again, we do want to live at peace with Russian, uh, our brothers and sisters in Russia. I do have a family in Russia. I do enjoy visiting them. Um, it's my mom's sister, my aunt, who went to, under Soviet Union, went to study to Russia. And she got married there. You know, she married a Russian. I have my cousins and my nephews. Beautiful people, love to visit them. Russia is a nice country, but um, let please please make no mistake that you know if Ukraine is attacked, we will defend ourselves fiercely because it is our land, and um, nobody has a right to impinge on it. Um, Ukraine is no longer what it was in 2014 um, when Russia shamefully annexed Crimean Peninsula from Ukraine. Um, uh, because beforehand we had a uh, president, pro-Russian president, Viktor Yanukovych, who was ousted and who fled to Russia. Right now, Ukraine is different. You know, after a revolution of dignity, people, um, especially the young people, do realize that it's their country. It's their native land. And they will defend it. We will defend our country. Uh, let Russia make no mistake about it. Um, and of course, I think right now is a very 
big opportunity for the Western world to show that it is united. If the West allows for Putin to attack Ukraine, it, it will be an unfortunate event, of course, but it will only, only speak about disunity within the Western world. It would only speak that surely the West is not serious about the democratic values it promotes, especially this country where United States, leader of the free world, and, and, and I think the West needs to be united, needs to stand with Ukraine, because Ukraine, it's not only about this conflict, it's not only about Ukraine, it is about the defense of democratic values that this country in particular is so proud of. And I do hope and pray that the Western world will be able to do more than just simply talk um, and truly help Ukraine if need be to defend, uh, to defend our country because Ukraine is a very strong ally of the United States, very strong ally of the West. And I think that's what drives Putin crazy that, they, that Ukraine does not want to stand with Russia but wants to be with democratic West. And again, my prayer and my hope is that... Well, I think that there is a... Uh, I, I'm sorry, but I, I think that that's exactly it. I mean, I mean, one thing always disturbed me is when they would refer to the Ukraine, like right. it was a region as opposed to a country. You know, right. it's a country. It's a sovereign country. It always has been. And I've told right. you a little bit of our history. Exactly. And I, and I, I know that. And I think because the faith has a lot to do with it. I mean, um, Western Ukraine is very Catholic, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but yes. I believe that that's really where the, the, the Catholic part mostly is. And, and I think a lot of it goes back to the issues with between orthodoxy and, and, and Roman Catholicism and, of course, Byzantine uh, Catholicism in communion with Rome. And um, I uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, but your home city, Lviv, Lviv is that how you pronounce it? Well, Lviv, it's, right? it's, uh, it's actually um, my wife's home city and my kids were born there. Uh, I come from the city of Ivano Frankivsk, okay. which is not too far from Lviv. But yeah, Lviv, Lviv is, um, is, okay, a, is, okay. a, is the biggest city in Western Ukraine. Yes, it's a beautiful city, absolutely. Sure. Uh, I got married there. So, But isn't Lviv, uh, isn't there where Christianity first came to what became Russia and everything? Oh, right. well, it was that through in 988? Right, 988, right. 988 is when you can say Ukraine, officially, you know, for lack of a better expression, has become Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Although there were, you know, things happening. Christian. Previously, but yes, uh, what we know as the right. the baptism of the Kiev and Rus of 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 Rus Ukraine, and Kiev is the capital of Ukraine, um, and maybe that also right. drives Vladimir Putin mad that that the the center of of Slavic Christianity in that part of the world is in is Ukraine, right? Sure. Where Ukraine is, and maybe yeah, that's maybe. what he wants. Maybe maybe he wants to take over the city of Kiev, which is Ukraine's capital, which I hope. It's not true. And again, I, I cannot underline it more and more that the West needs to be united um, against this man um, that truly wants to destabilize the, you know, my home country and, and, and wants to cause harm. I think people in the West need to, need to ask themselves a very basic question. Would I want to be in that predicament? Would I want to live in that yeah. fear? Would I want my children, my wife, husband, uncle, aunt, grandparents, whomever, right, live in that situation? And especially we, the Christians, 
we need to be um, in solidarity with each other. You know, it's, it is one basic thing that we do not choose the place where we are born. It is by the grace of God. Some people are born in the strong, economically developed, militarily strong countries. Some are not. I think this fact that was designed by our Lord speaks only in favor of the very simple thing, to be in solidarity with each other. And if there is a threat to a nation who wants to live and, 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 and exist as a sovereign nation, as a Christian nation. Of course, we have um, other religions present in Ukraine besides uh, Christianity. I think it is the duty of the Christian, you know, of the Christian world um, to 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 be in solidarity and to help out. So I do hope uh, sincerely that the West will help Ukraine and also the people in Russia. Don't get me wrong again. I hope the people in Russia will understand that we Ukrainians we are not the enemies to combat, but brothers and sisters to love. We do not want bullets from them. We do not want you know tanks rockets, what have you. We want good, peaceful, neighborly relationship with the Russians, with all of our neighbors, with all of our neighbors. And and I do hope the Russian people understand that. And I do hope that they can do something um, about this whole situation so that no attack uh, takes place. Well, you know, you know, Father, we, um, of course, I, I have a history. That I've, I've been to Russia a number of times. And I've spoken there, and um, um, I find that the Russian, now of course the people I'm dealing with primarily are people who are Catholic or in many cases Orthodox, but, but people of faith. And, and the people of faith want something different. I think that's, uh, that's been the history throughout you know, the world. Uh, you know, the leaders of countries aren't necessarily the representatives of the people, and we know we find that. I mean, even in this country, when you see you know, the things that are promoted today that are so anti-Christian and so much that this does not represent our Catholic faith, our Christian faith, our, our ethic as a country. And as an immigrant to this country, you know, you, you come here, I mean, to some degree for something better, you hope, you know, more stability. You referred to the reality. We don't we don't choose where we're born. And I think for many Americans, Native Americans, native born in this country like myself, we take for granted that reality. That there is that that you know we do did, I did grow up in a, a country that's strong a country that was say the leader of the world in many ways right. and especially in the Cold War era sure. and uh, but you know but to to understand what it was like and again marrying into a Polish family I gained a good understanding of you know, of their perspective on things. I know that that um, uh, but I always found that the Russian people I was I was honored to be invited to. Um, in, in 2007, by then Archbishop Kondrushevitz, who was the Archbishop of Moscow, mm-hmm. um, who, who now has left, now he's back in Minsk. But he was, uh, but just, just it was a, he did a, he did, he, he held a, a celebration and a commemoration conference on the, at that point, the 90th anniversary of the Fatima apparitions. And it was, and I walked in there and saw in the church, in the cathedral in Moscow, the, the, the sign, you know, it said, it, it, and this was all in Cyrillic script, which for me, of course, I, I don't think of, but you can see what he was saying. It was said, you know, Fatima 1917, Moscow 2007. And and for those of us who are part of this apostolate and, 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 and really 
saw something great happening, and, and, and there is a conversion there going on. Uh, unfortunately, conversion takes sometimes generations, <laughs> just like it took. Sure. I mean, you, know, you don't overcome 70 years of mandated atheism overnight, let's be realistic. And I think that's where we sit today. And so there's remnants of, of this type of uh, maybe imperialism, which maybe was part of who they were even prior to communist years. Um, and it's easy. You know, you're, you're the you're the first neighbor right there. And that's probably why Ukraine, you know, is, is in a position it is. But it, it's a it's unfortunate because this is the the um, I mean, I found the Russian people just to be very just just dying for the faith. And throughout Eastern Europe, places I traveled, you know, that was the the pity of communism. It was the our apostolate was founded in 1947 as a blue army of prayer to counter the red army of atheistic communism. Well, that's basically what we're talking. What we see today is the is the next generation of that atheistic communism. It's the secularism that has really taken a Russia spread her errors, as Our Lady had talked about, and, and, and in a huge way. And probably no more than they were spread in this country here in the United States, because look at the morality and everything, which is truly what the goal of evil is, is to take us away right. from God. And right. uh, sadly, and that's why I think, you know, uh, as, as, as a priest from Eastern Europe uh, and a person from Eastern Europe, and you're raising your family here and that you you can see, you know, you, you, you can you can speak to that very strongly. I think. Oh, and, and, uh, I mean, how do you how do you bring that to your children now, who of course are are growing up as Americans? Oh, sure, absolutely, absolutely, yes, uh, I agree with you, David. Absolutely, there there are dangers also in the Western world, and we need to pay particular attention so that we teach the faith to our children, that we raise our families in the strong Catholic faith by all means, um, and and I'm I'm seeing all of this, right? I think it's a global phenomenon right now, phenomenon, whatever the right word would be, that, um, you know, we need to be aware of this, of the danger, of the current danger, of the absence of the moral absolutes. You know, um, as you know, I'm, I'm sure you know quite well, right now in the world, the tendency is, and of course, we're being bombarded by the media, especially by the entertainment industry, that you are the arbiter oh, yes. of your own conscience. You don't need anybody else to tell you what to do, right? But we know it is wrong, of course. We know it is yeah, yeah. erroneous. And, and of course, we need to be vigilant. But we also, the beautiful thing, you know, living in the Western world, is the freedom. We have the freedom to uh, practice our faith every single day without any being in any type of fear or um, tribulation. It's the freedom, God-given freedom, that we have and we can develop and we can grow in faith in the free world. I know yeah. President Putin positions himself as a as a Orthodox Christian, and I hope he is. It's between him and the Lord. But seeing his actions, of course, seeing what happened in 2014 with Crimea, seeing the current conflict in the East, uh, you know, by the separatists that Ukraine are, is fighting, separatists that, that are backed by Russia, I have a question. How can you, how do you, how do you connect your faith? He's Orthodox, Russian Orthodox. How do you connect your faith with these actions? I mean, I, I, I cannot, I cannot just, I, I cannot fathom uh, all of this looking at what is happening. How can you, how can you be a Christian and make other people fearful? 
How are you not afraid to face one day after you die the Lord and tell him, Lord, this is this is the way I try to live my life as an Orthodox Christian by making people fearful, by killing other people, because you know, I thought that they, they should have been killed. Is he not afraid? Is Putin not and his people, are they not afraid of God's tribunal one day that will come for all of us? This is my question I would pose to him. Well, then, yeah. President Putin, are you not afraid and I would pose that. of the Lord and, and, and the accountability you would have to give to him for your actions? Isn't there any fear in you for this? To make other people feel... Yeah, I, I think... I would ask him this. Are you not afraid? Are you not afraid that, that mm -hmm. I, I myself am fearing for my family? My family live in fear right now. Is this Christian? Is this yeah. the way an Orthodox Christian would behave himself? I mean, it's... it's well, I think, you know, if, if, if they... I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, if they were to invade, you know, you're talking about, you know, your loss of religious liberty, the free press, public debate. I mean, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's again, in a sovereign state, you dictate that. But when whenever there's, there's a foreign... Uh, domination uh, that those things will be suppressed there's no question and it's and that's a very scary thing um uh, i mean we look we're, we're even looking even this in this country uh, at how our our freedom to re to 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 be in the public square with our faith is being pushed back who would ever imagine a country founded on religious liberty really primarily um is 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 we're looking at that so if it can happen here it can happen anywhere that's i think what we have to look at and uh i think but you make the point about him and about any leader how does any leader i guess it's lack of conscience you know, that to do anything whether it be you know we all have to have our eye on on you know that that moment when we have to give an account of our life and 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 I guess for people who do things wrong, whether it be on a political realm or you know personal lives, uh, you know this is the Fatima message. It's about right. personal holiness, and I think exactly. this is the whole point. You know, threats against peace. You know, is always ongoing thing. You know, but you know, the La Our Lady of Fatima brought what she called a peace plan from heaven. Right. And she, you know, until such time as people adhere to what she she asked us to do, we will not have true peace in this world. And I think that is. What we're seeing, obviously, on the Russian-Ukrainian border, as we're seeing everywhere in the world, look at the war on the unborn in this country. I mean, right. it is just it is just a, just unbelievable, unbelievable. And, and around the world. And um, I think that we have we have a, a reduced respect for life. Um, I think, you know, as St. Pope John Paul II called it, the culture of death. Well, the right. culture of death leads to actions that make no sense. Right. And I think that's what you're seeing politically as well. But um, sure. but I know we you know, we we we, we pray for uh, strongly for the uh, the people of Ukraine and again and for the people of Russia. You know, I've been there again, like I said, a number of times and just I it was always a good experience because there was always a longing for something. Sure. You know, sure. It, it's like it's like something where, where they where the faith was denied or that there was it was. Um, I had a good experience, actually. This was in Prague in, in the Czech Republic. Some years back, I gave a talk there. And when I got to the hotel in Prague, before I traveled a couple a couple hundred miles or 100 miles away to where I was speaking, stayed overnight. And I went to the front desk and I asked the woman, I had always wanted to visit the church of the infant Jesus of Prague. I said, where's that? She goes, and she got a big smile on her face. And she said to me, oh, I can tell you where it's at. And she told me. 
And then she said to me that she would, I would, maybe she was about 40 years old, I would imagine. And she said, I've lived in this city all my life. And until I got this job, she goes, I never heard of this church. Wow. Until a guest had asked and she looked it up. And mm-hmm. it, it, it was, it was such a beautiful thing for her to get to know this church. And she was a regular visitor to it at that point. She told me everything where I needed to walk and what I did. It was, it was beautiful, but people are seeking God. And even though she was born and lived and grew up under this, this communist umbrella, um, she, she knew there was something there. And when that was presented to her and that church was reopened and all that, it was just such a beautiful thing. And I think I saw the same thing in Russia. You know, once they got their churches, the, 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 the people who, the, the real Russian people, not leaders, but the Russian people, you know, um, they, 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 they had a different understanding and a different yearning. And I think, you know, in Ukraine, it had to be the same story where, where people were, where it was uh, suppressed. Um, when I spoke in Kazan, in Russia, in Tartistan, uh, in uh, this is, goes back to about 2008, when they dedicated the Church of the um, uh, Exaltation of the Cross, I was honored to be a speaker at that. And uh, but that was an interesting thing, too, because it was a town that's half Muslim, half basically Russian Orthodox, and this handful of Catholics who who they built this church for the Catholics, who are primarily people from Poland and Belarus and Western Ukraine. Uh, they were, they were, they were like you say, like your family who went there for many reasons as part of the Soviet Union, but now they wanted their faith back, and it was, it was really a beautiful experience. So, um, so I, I think that you know, I, I guess, what do you recommend? I mean, what is your feeling? I mean, obviously we pray and we will, but what do we do to bring into the consciousness of people what's happening and what we as a people have to do in these times with this type of situation that's happening on the borders? Yes, yes, David, yes. Um, I, I absolutely agree with you. Prayer, prayer does come first. We need to pray. We need to pray daily. We need to know how to pray, too, so that the prayer is not simply uh, some automatic repetition of certain memorized words, prayers, right? But truly, we need to establish this communion with our Lord through prayer, so that the prayer is both the adoration of the Lord, first of all, right? the thankfulness to our Lord for all the graces. And of course, we recourse to ask him to, to bless us, to bless us in order to be, for us to be able to live our Christian lives worthily, right? It's also the attention, I think, what needs to be brought out also is the accentuation of the importance of the sacrament of confession as well. I think the sacrament, at least in my view, you know, is being kind of watered down and people just come up to hold, receive Holy Communion. Who knows if they have been to confession and when was the last time. The accent on the sacrament of yeah. confession, you know, all, all, all across the Catholic world, right? The worthy, worthy reception of the Most Holy Eucharist. So that aspect of prayer of the Holy Communion, right, of the communion with our Lord is extremely important. But also we need to act, right? We need to behave yeah. like Christians. That basic principle, ora et labora, pray and work, right? So we need to put work, our yeah. faith in action. And again, we cannot act contrary to our faith. We cannot believe in one thing and then act contrary to our faith. And, you know, and so, yes, prayer, prayer and action needs to go hand in hand. And, yeah. and, and, and and when That's we absolutely. when we accentuate, when we understand, realize that all of these things are so vitally important for our healthy 
spiritual life or um, I think we're going to have a beautiful world. And, 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 and again, we Ukrainians, we do not want anything. We do not wish evil to our Russian neighbors. Not at all. We wish them peace. They are our brothers and sisters or whatever faith they are, right? And as opposed to amassing troops at, you know, at our borders, right? Why don't we, why don't we do something, something that would truly help us to fight this invisible a- enemy, you know, the evil spirits? Um, why don't we do something? Why don't we start breeding, building the bridges um, and greeting each yeah. other with bread and salt with our beautiful Slavic tradition, greeting, um, you know, people with bread and salt. Why don't we do that? Why don't we pray together? Why don't we, yeah, you know, good. why don't we do some initiatives, Christian initiatives to fight all of this uh, absence of moral absolutes in the cu- current world? It, why sure. use bullets? Sure. Well, our, our lady made us a promise, Father, that in the end, her immaculate heart would triumph. <laughs> and then what, David, we all know what our Lord has won. He's the victor. Um, right now, Right now, our Lord is giving us the opportunity right now, opportunity to truly to build the civilization of love so that we can prove to him that, yes, Lord, we are the worthy recipients of your grace. Because, I mean, it's it's yeah. truly amazing. I do presume all of us want to be in heaven, right? I do presume all of us want to cross the threshold of paradise. Well, if we want to live yeah. with our Lord eternally in heaven, Let's start to let's start to experience the heaven right now, and our Lord will have us all. Let's be worthy of it. <laughs> the sacraments That's we have, you know, magisterium of the yeah. church. We have everything. Now we need to put our will, our intellect, and and into 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 truly making our faith a a daily and vibrant part of our lives. And this is my message sure, to the Russian sure. people. We are not your enemies. We are your Christian brothers and sisters. We want peace. We want peace. But we also have the leg- legitimate right to defend ourselves. If, 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 if we, need a just, we need a just peace. We yeah, need just peace, exactly. which begins, exactly. exactly, peace begins with individual justice, right? That we need to be just correct. individually. We need to be people of peace individually. And that's how we're going to have the collective, right, um, Peace and justice. And sure. my message, my sure. message to the Russian people, we are not your enemies. We're your brothers and sisters who who love you, who wish you well, and who wish all of the Lord's blessings to all of you. Um, and, and and I do hope that, that the Russian people, and I know there are Russian people who disagree, because we you know we see it on TV from time to time, but they disagree with the current government, with the way with the way it goes, um, and and let's hope and pray that that all of us in the world, all of us, uh, can one day enjoy this beautiful gift of peace that comes from our Lord. Absolutely. Well, Father, the time goes fast on a show like this, as you know, um, and I, I really appreciate you being here today. Um, in closing, can you uh, can you close out with a prayer? Absolutely. Name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all of the graces that you bestow 
on all of us who live in the world. We adore you. We thank you for the gift of life. Continue to bless all of us. Particularly, we ask you to bless all of the people who are in the special need of your blessing. We ask you to enlighten the hearts of people who are seeking conflicts in war. We are asking you to protect the unborn. We're asking you to help all of us, people on earth, to understand that when you created the world, you gave us everything to live our lives worthily. We thank you for the gift of salvation that your Son and our Lord Jesus Christ had accomplished on the cross through his resurrection. We ask you for all of the graces you bestow on all of us, and we ask you to continue to bless us, that we could truly be your authentic adopted children, so that we could truly grow in faith every single day, so that we could truly understand that all of our neighbors are not enemies to combat, but brothers and sisters to love. And we ask all of this through your Son, Jesus Christ, in the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you, Father. Thank you for being here today, and thank you for all you do. Um, again, I hope maybe you'll be back on at some point. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on this podcast. And again, from the, for more information on our apostolate, go to bluearmy.com. And uh, Father, again, thank you, and God bless you in your ministry. Thank you. Thank you, David, and God bless you, too. God bless all of us. God bless USA. Ukraine and Russia, the whole world.